Welcome to the Hope Revolution messages. You'll be able to find our sermon podcast at hoperevolution.church forward slash sermon, as well as all other podcast players. We hope you enjoy this message. We're going to be talking about something that happens to Peter today. But from what we've already done in Acts, we already know where Peter's been and what's happened to him multiple times before we meet him in this place, which is going to add to our understanding of Peter in the here and now and why he does some of the things that he does in Acts chapter 12. So we're going to watch a video, so listen up. King Herod Agrippa was persecuting believers in the church. He killed James, one of Jesus' disciples. When the king saw how happy this made the Jews, he arrested Peter too. The king put Peter in prison and assigned groups of soldiers to keep guard. While Peter was in prison, other believers in the church prayed and asked God to help him. The king planned for Peter to be killed. The night before his execution, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. He was tied up with chains, and other soldiers stood guard at the gate of the prison. All of a sudden, an angel of the Lord appeared, and a bright light shone in Peter's prison cell. The angel struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, the angel said. The chains fell off of Peter's wrists. The angel told Peter to get dressed, so Peter put on his sandals and his cloak, and he followed the angel. Peter wasn't sure what was happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. The angel led Peter out of the prison, past the guards, through the gate, and onto the streets. Then the angel left. When Peter looked around, he realized the Lord had rescued him from prison (laughs) and from certain death. Peter hurried to the house of Mary, the mother of John Mark. Believers had gathered there to pray. When Peter knocked at the door, a servant named Rhoda answered. She heard Peter's voice and she was so happy. She rushed back inside. Peter is here. He's at the door, she announced. But the others didn't believe her. You're crazy, they said. But Peter kept knocking and when they opened the door, they could hardly believe it. Peter motioned to them to be quiet and he told them how the Lord had rescued him from prison. Tell James and the other brothers about this, Peter said, then he left. When the sun came up, the soldiers at the prison couldn't figure out what happened to Peter. And the king punished the soldiers because Peter had escaped. What I want us just to briefly do today is just to actually look at, well, one person and one group of people. I want to have a look at what Peter did. I want to have a look at what the believers did. And I want to talk about how their reaction showed or didn't show faith. The Bible tells us that without faith, it's impossible to please God. The Bible also tells us that's in Hebrews. And in 1 Corinthians, at the end of chapter 13, it says, and these three remain, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. But faith still plays a really important part in our relationship with Jesus. We actually cannot please God if we don't have faith. And I think that we can learn some things about faith through this story. So let's first look 
at Peter. As we already heard, Peter's arrested. And the reason that Peter's arrested is because when Herod killed James, the disciple, the Jews who didn't like these Christians were really pleased. And so Herod's like, oh, if you're pleased, let me, do, let me find some more of these apostles and get ready to kill them. Now, the difference with Peter was it was actually Passover at this time. And so Herod had to wait until, like, the feast had ended before he could kill Peter. So Peter had a bit more time to wait it out. Peter knows that Herod has killed James. So Peter knows that God did not save James his life. James, one of the closest three. If you look at the Gospels, you will see Peter, James and John, as I said before, are often the three that are set aside and the others are all doing something else. When they're going up to the Mount Figuration and they see Moses and Jesus, it's Peter, James and John that are in that situation. There's times where Jesus heals people and he tells he takes Peter, James, and John with him to heal. So if James has not been saved, Peter doesn't have anything that makes him think he's going to be saved either. So he's arrested and in jail. But what is Peter doing in jail? He's sleeping. He's not worrying. He's not trying to find a way of escaping. He's not even praying and asking God to deliver him. He's asleep. So what does that tell us about Peter's faith? So connecting it to when the storm's coming and like Jesus is asleep in the boat and not being disturbed by the waves. And here we have Peter in the midst of being in jail, knowing that Herod wants to kill him, and he's able to trust God and sleep. I find it, like, I normally sleep really well. But when things bother me and my mind is at work, like I'm wondering and worrying about things, I can stay up. So the fact that Peter is sleeping does give us a really good indication of the trust and the faith that Peter had in that situation. He didn't know what the outcome was going to be, but he was trusting enough and had enough faith to be able to sleep in the midst of being in jail. Earlier in Acts, we see Peter not being arrested by Herod, but by the Sanhedrin. Peter and John are arrested. Does anybody remember what Peter and John do in that situation? Yeah, they pray and sing. So they're praying and singing. So it's not a matter of, you know, hey, if Peter was up all night praying, he wouldn't have had faith. It's just a different scenario and he's doing a different thing. But it shows the faith that Peter has. What else I think shows the faith that Peter has is an angel comes 
says, like, and makes the chains go off, says gets dressed and takes him past the guards and past the prison gate, and instead of saying, yes, this is exactly what I thought God was going to do, he's surprised and doesn't think it's God that's working and moving. He thinks it's just a vision until the angel disappears and he looks around and he's like, oh, I am actually in the town. I'm not back in jail. So Peter actually had enough faith to be fine with whatever God was going to do. Knowing that James was going to be killed, knowing that Peter, that he could, that God could take him out of this scenario, Peter's faith was strong enough and his understanding of God and trusting God was strong enough that he was happy just to leave it in God's hands. Then we've got the believers. So the believers gathered at Mary, Mark, John Mark's mum's house, and they were praying. And one of the things that we know is that the believers are not just having a short prayer gathering. They're actually praying all night because we know it's the middle of the night when Peter comes and knocks on their door and they're still up and praying because it's the next morning when the guards discover that Peter's not there. So sometime in the night as they are praying, they get a knock on the door. The servant goes, hears Peter's voice and says, is so excited, runs back and says, Peter's here. Now instead of going, of course God's answered our prayer, of course Peter's here. They don't believe it. And they go, nup, you must, you're like, you're crazy, you must be wrong. And she's like, no, 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 it's really Peter, I've seen him. And they're like, no, it must be his angel, like it must just be a vision, like it's not really Peter. And then Peter keeps on knocking and they finally let him in and they see that it is actually Peter. And they're astonished. We don't know, apart from that Mary, the mother of John Mark, was there, we don't know who who the other believers were in that scenario. But we can make a pretty big assumption that they all knew, knew James and all knew that James had just died. So they know that James has died and been killed by Herod. They know that Peter has been arrested by Herod. And instead of being overcome by grief and despair, their faith brings them to pray. And from what the Bible indicates, the time between James dying and Peter being arrested is not a long time. It seems like James gets killed, the Jews and the people around are like, yeah, we're so pleased that you got rid of one of these people. And Herod's like, great, everybody loves this, let me go find another one. And he arrests Peter. But even though God did not save James that did not stop the people from having faith to gather and pray and ask for God to intervene. It is interesting that when Peter came, they weren't like, of course you're here, we prayed for this. They were astonished what God did. But they still had faith enough to gather and pray and to ask God to do whatever he was going to do. Because by the time we get to Acts 12... The people who are following Jesus have come to one revelation, lots of revelations, but the one revelation that I want to point out is they know that following Jesus is not easy, 
and they have seen miracle upon miracle upon miracle of God intervening and rescuing people from hard situations and God being there and allowing people to actually get killed because of those situations. We've had Stephen die. We've had people being persecuted. We've had James die. Like, there's no guarantee either way as to how this is going to turn out. And they already know this pretty much. Like, people say this is probably, like, um, a number of years after, like, Pentecost. Um, But they knew that following Jesus did not mean that God just intervenes and everything happens the way that they want it to, but they knew that it could happen the way they wanted it to. And they had enough faith to sit in that tension. They had enough faith to gather and pray all night, knowing that Peter could be killed or he may not be. And they did not know what was going to happen but that did not stop them from actually crying out to the only one they knew that could be with Peter and could intervene in whatever way God wanted to. And that is actually what faith is. Hebrews, which Hebrews 11 is a great chapter all about faith. And Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So they had hope that God, in who God was and in what he was going to do. They had assurance of things that they had not seen, they did not know the outcome, but that did not stop them from having faith. It is really easy to have faith in something if the outcome is always the way that you want it to be. But true faith is saying, I trust God and the outcome does not matter. Which is a bit of what Matt was talking about last week. If we are results driven and we think that the outcome is all that matters, having faith is near near impossible. Because we're not having faith, we're just having, we just know that the outcome is going to be the way that we want it to be. But faith actually says, My trust and my hope is in who God says he is and that is enough. And whatever the circumstances, if I I escape from prison or if I'm killed by the sword, God is still enough. And that is what these believers lived and had to live because that was their experience. James killed, Peter escapes makes no sense in the logical realm, but in God's hand, God made it really clear to James in like when Jesus was actually on earth, you're going to have a really hard time, James. He actually says that to James. And what does he say to Peter? My church is going to be built upon you. So they actually had different purposes that God had for their lives, both God purposes both kingdom-building purposes, but turned out to be different so that James was considered one of the first disciples to die, if you don't include Judas. Because Stephen wasn't one of Jesus' 12 disciples. He joined later. But what we do know, 
And some of this we know mainly from history, that nearly all of the 12 disciples, apart from John, died in not a great way. Most of them were martyred. It says that Peter was crucified and he wanted to be crucified upside down because he didn't think that he was worthy enough to be crucified upwards. Now, it's hard to know how much of this is fact and how much of it is the histori- like a story that's been told over time. But most of the 12 disciples, apart from John, died telling people the gospel and died because they were actually following Jesus. It's put, like that's pretty consistent even though during like there's arguments as to was Philip really over here or whatever when they died. So for us to sit here and think, yep, because I have faith in Jesus, life is always going to be the way that I want it to be. Or because I have faith in Jesus, that deserve means that I deserve something or not. It's actually not a biblical concept to have. We have faith not because of the outcome but because of who Jesus is. And because of our trust and our faith and our hope in him and in his character and in who we know him to be, we know that he is always good. And so even when life is not the way that we want it to be, even when we pray and that person doesn't get released from prison, God remains the same, his purposes remain the same, and our faith needs to be dependent on who he is and not on the circumstances that we find ourselves in. And I believe that that's why Peter could sleep in a prison. Chained would be uncomfortable sleeping anyway, let alone having two guards next to you, because he had come to the point of saying, you are enough, God, you are worthy, I know who you are, and because of that, whatever the outcome is, that's all up to you. And so our faith needs to be one where we actually see who God is and that's what we have our faith in, not in life happening the way that we think it should. James 1, 2-4 says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind. Yay, we're facing trials. So good. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. See, If I don't have to actually trust God for anything because life is the way that I think it should be, where is my faith in that? Where is my dependence of God in that? It's when things happen that God did not want to happen but it still happened that we can say, God, you are still good even though this sucks. Because it is not about the outcome It's about who God is and who God says he is. In Hebrews 12, Hebrews 12 goes on and talks about a whole lot of people. says, you know, but Sarah had to wait so long for the promise and this person had to wait and this person had to wait. And in Hebrews 11, verse 13, this is what it says. 
And all these people still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. So even massively amazing people in the Bible still lived by faith and by most accounts, by the end of their life, what God said was going to happen still hadn't happened. Now, as we read it, a lot of it has happened and some of it hasn't. But they actually lived by faith in what God had promised, not because they could see it, but because they knew who God was and they believed that God was faithful to his promises even if I don't actually see them. And that is what faith is. Faith is not based on, hey, God, you've been so good to me and everything happens the way that I wanted to, so I'm going to believe in you. Faith is I know who you are, I know who your character is, I know what you say, and those are the things that I have faith in. And the outcome, a lot of the time, can be great. And the outcome, sometimes isn't that great. But faith isn't determined by the outcome. Faith is determined by who God is and what God says and our belief in that, regardless of what else is happening around us. So just like Peter, in the middle of being in jail, our faith allows us to have peace. And just like the believers, in the middle of having a disciple killed and another one in jail, they could still pray and not panic because their faith was in God, not in themselves and not in the circumstances. So let me pray. God, I really want to thank you that we do have stories like this that show us real people living real lives, God, and trusting you in the midst of that. And so I pray, Lord, that we'll be encouraged, God, by this, encouraged to see what faith really is and that our eyes will be fixed on you, God, that our faith won't be based on ourselves. We won't have faith in ourselves. We won't have faith in circumstances, but we'll have faith in you and you alone. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions or feedback, please email us at hello at hoperevolution.church.